0: You are listening to a Strange and Beautiful Network Classics Collection episode. This episode was originally released under our parent podcast, Strange and Beautiful Book Club. Listener note The Strange and Beautiful Book Club contains reviews of sci fi, fantasy, and horror media and is not a spoiler free podcast. Please be sure to watch or read the story in today's episode before listening. So we're back. I finished the second book already, uh, because as Kate noted, I may not read fast, but I read intently. And I don't want no, to. No, you read this. fast. We're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of that. <laughs> but it's done. Oh, okay. I asked her sister. She said you do read fast. Oh well, I, I, intently and with speed. <laughs> so I have both direction and velocity. Yes, correct. I am a vector. <laughs> So we are ready to talk about it. And the second book is called? A Court of Mist and Fury. Yes, and Kate is back. Yes, and I'm very excited. Book talk with Kate. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we will just get into it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this book starts with about three months after the finish of the last. Um, yes. So Ferris has been at the spring court for about three months, and we, all of the red flags... That we had initially touched on, yes, are have now burst into flames. Burst into flames and have become their relationship. Both yes. of them are filled with trauma from her having to murder two innocent kids, and now she's also brimming with power because she has a touch of power from every high lord of the se- in the seven kingdoms or whatever they are. Yeah, courts, <clears throat> courts, the seven courts, right? And um. She's not having a good time. No. She's throwing up every night. I was going to ask you this. Have you ever had anxiety or an emotional response to something so powerful, so big that you've physically thrown up or been physically ill? No, I have not. I have. It was recently, too. (laughs) And it was like out of nowhere. Yeah. It was just unnecessary amount of anxiety. There's so much vomiting in this book. So much. There's like... There's so much vomit. She's also really quick to like shit her pants, too. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of physical reactions. Yeah. Like and there's a lot of vomiting. There's a lot of like soiling yourself. Yep. Yeah, yeah. She's and I think that's a very real thing that happens to well, people. I'm sure, but and then every character. Like it's mm-hmm. a consistent way that and even in the first book, it's mm-hmm. a consistent way she demonstrated someone was emotionally overwhelmed. Because literally every character at least has a anecdote about a time that they vomited their guts up right and everybody does it yes and And so so i think what we can take from that is that they not only have different reproductive and sexual organs but but they're like they're like dogs they just throw up at the slightest opportunity and they have way more like bigger feelings than we do. (laughs) (laughs) but but not the capacity to contain them i guess because we're just vomiting i think their feelings are just whatever our human feelings are they're like 100 times i mean i'd hate to be in a large group of fae where something really dramatic happened because it'd just be like <laughs> landmines that they'd just all be going it, all it would be time. that <laughs> scene in the sandlot when yeah. they're on the when they're on the fair yes ride, yeah and it's just one after another right but from anxiety right but not, from anxiety not but from not, nausea like, and uh, tobacco <laughs> <laughs> big jew or whatever yeah, it was yes. they were doing yeah yeah there's a yeah I mean I get I get where we're going as a narrative uh like a way of creating an immediate impact I get where she's going there's other ways we can get here but this is the shortest road yeah for sure I um and I really relate to it because I've I felt such physical like pain from things before but not to the point of like soiling but that's okay to each their own if you've right. soiled yourself I mean I've had 3 pregnancies so at this point when I throw up soiling also happens yeah <laughs> but <laughs> but it's not a uh, one one is Nothing causes one without the other. I sure. <laughs> sure. That yeah. Uh, that's it uh, you know what? You guys just get everything from me. This is it. This is the Rachel expose. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Thank that's you. Like, yeah. I mean it happens. We need to talk about it. That's it what happens. People guys. Hear. Normalize soiling yourself. <laughs> you giving the people what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Normalizing all of the things that happen to pregnant bodies and afterwards. Yes. And just bodies in general. Just bodies in general, exactly. <laughs> so Tamlin is being you know, the first time I do want to say this because we give Tam, we did go hard on Tamlin last time. Mm. The first time I read that book, the first book, I wasn't that hard on him. And then the first time I read this book, I was kind of like, oh my God, we're switching love interests. Oh my God, Tamlin. And like to me, those all those red flags the first time, I was like, i had i felt like she was all of a sudden writing him as yeah but now after reading it a couple times and then hearing your initial response to him i'm like oh no they were always there they were always there right she just does a good job of hiding them yep she it's the subtle like you don't realize how big of a dick your boyfriend is yeah until you meet a man that's actually not not a dick Actually, not Don't a dick, no and you're like, oh, 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 that's, that's what it. That's what it's like when somebody respects me as a person. Is that <laughs> what that is? Holy <laughs> shit! Is that what I have been missing this entire yeah, time? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So not all of us are strong. Have us are strong at that. <laughs> I think Rachel's done a really great job of being good at that, and some of us are learning slower than I mean, others. It, you know what? It's fine. As long as we're all traveling that path, everyone gets summer to late get there. bloomers. You know, we'll get. Yeah, it's yeah. Everyone's strong journey is different. Everybody's journey is like my son always says, somebody's got to be the tortoise. Yeah, that's me, I think. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I feel I'm turning 40 in January and I feel like I'm emotionally 31 and a half. Hey, you get to be younger than your age. Yeah, yeah, I know. And people never think I'm my age. There's nothing wrong with thinking the best of people. Yeah, there isn't. There's nothing wrong with thinking going into every relationship like, okay, and I'm not willing, being tainted. I'm willing to give you this shot. Yeah, you know that there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but when I read, so when I read Twilight way back when it was before a movie. Yeah, I'm that person. I read it before it was a movie. Oh, same. Yeah, I read it the first time through, and I was much younger when it came out, 2001. 2000 early 2000s so I was quite young when I read it the first time and I was like oh what a love story this is so great he really loves her you can tell by the way he watches her sleep and shit yeah and then (laughs) then I went back and read it and I was like (laughs) I went back and read it and I was like oh this is no this is not okay like I I don't know why this felt okay to me the first time I read it and then um after the movie came out and I read the second book eclipse where she has like a disassociative event, like months long after he emotionally abuses her and leaves her. I was like, Oh, he's been emotionally abusive this entire time. And I did not pick up on it the first time through. And she wasn't great at hiding it. She frames it. I don't think she's trying to make him emotionally abusive. I think this, this author is, she is trying to hide how bad Tamlin is, but she knows how bad he is. I don't think Stephanie Meyer intended Edward to be read is as Steph- emotionally isn't abusive. Stephanie Meyer's Mormon? She is. Yeah. So I think she's intending it as a love story. She's not. She's framing it as a legitimate love story because she stays with Edward. She's and she in her eyes, that's what passion. Yes. Codependence. Yes. You know, like, right. Coda, that that unable to be without each other is true love. Right. Is how she frames it. Right. And, I see that as something toxic. And oh, I'm really? And I think that the conversation in 2022, most people would say, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Right. But I, what I liked about this author is she does frame Tamlin as toxic. Yeah. And this is, that's actually really common for her and something that I had to get accustomed to. And because I read her Throne of Glass series first, um, and they switch love interests in those between books there. And I was like, what's happening? I like them together. (laughs) And then as she's like growing up and going through these different men and you're like seeing her with these different men, you're like, oh yeah, okay. That's what makes sense. Yeah. That's what it means when like there's more fish in the sea. Right. And that's what it looks like when someone is your partner. Right. That's what it means when they're made for you. Right. Versus this guy over here from book one. So I really like that she creates that, that normality of that since we are talking about mated, fated mates. Yeah. Right? You're not it, one and done. You're not one and done. And yeah. there's a reason why your mating bond didn't click in. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's how it starts. Yeah. I'm mad that we were so kind to Tamlin the first time around. You thought we were kind to Tamlin? I mean, we were. I, I was kinder than I would have been had I read this book. I thought you were a lot more fair than I was the first time I read it. I'm just such a like, yeah, t- take me on a journey. Let's go on a story <laughs> ride together. And I was like, yeah, he's great. So when I was seeing fan art and yeah. she was with Rassand, I was like, what? Why do we not stay with Tamlin? I was like, she doesn't end up... When I read that first series and she was with a guy with wings, I was like, what? She's, with Tam- She's supposed to be with Tamlin. <laughs> so I knew going into it, for some reason, she doesn't end up with Tam. Right. So when... You know when Reese and Kim along in the first time I was reading it, I was like, "Oh, that's the guy. I think that. I think that's the guy. I think that's him." He <laughs> spoiled it for yourself. Yeah. So you picked up on that way. Like your emotional intelligence in that <laughs> respect was way more in tune than. Well, mine. I know where we're going narratively. I know what beats we're gonna hit. Sure. Yeah, because we do similar things from book to book to book. Sure. So if you've read enough of them, yes. But I don't mind. I like to see where how you're going to get me there. I know where we're going. Yeah. That's fine. And that's okay. And especially now that we've talked about, I mean, you've picked up on a lot of the things that you picked up on, the rifle on the wall. Yeah. Uh, you picked, picked up on a lot of them. So, I mean, you're not wrong. I think in this series, it's done well enough where it's just satisfying. Yeah. At least to me. Yeah. I'm not looking for surprise. I'm looking no, no, for, no. you know, I, like- I want it to feel good. I love K-dramas. And someday we're going to watch a K-drama together. I'm okay with it. And every single K-drama is basically the same K-drama. And that's okay. Yeah. There's Cinderella stories. And there's Cinderella stories over and over and over. Your husband actually said that about you. Yes. The time I had to listen to the philosophy talks with the guys. (laughs) He said that you love knowing where a story's going so that you don't emotionally invest and then end up in some devastatingly emotional state. Yeah, I'll be mad. I'll be mad for days if it doesn't end the way I think it's going to end. So I have a feeling this is going to be a little bit longer than last time. That's fine. No, we can go as long as you want to. So looking back at Tamlin from book one to book two, this is classic coercive control. Right. Which coercive control is actually considered a punishable offense in almost every country but America. Interesting. Yeah. So it's considered a type of abuse. Sure. Like physical or verbal or emotional. Right. Mm. Yeah, and I I think there's this, you know, and I feel like you're going to be able to contextualize this a little bit better than me, but I feel a lot of benefit of the doubt for him, and I feel like he's just as messed up, and he has a lot... It, it, what am I doing though? Is that <laughs> you're justifying it for right, him? Right, I'm yeah. validating him. You know, yeah. But I never felt sorry enough for him where I was like, "Oh, Farah, you need to stay." He may have work to do. This isn't Farah's job to remember. He's four hundred and Reese is five hundred, right? I yeah. think I, that might be wrong. <laughs> Someone's probably listening at some point, going, like, "No, that's not no, true. That's not true." They're <laughs> <laughs> the same age. <laughs> well, we didn't write the books, we don't have to be experts on them, but. <laughs> Um, I think, yes, he has work to do. But it's yeah. not Feyre's job to fix him. No. And she doesn't need to stay with him to fix him. No. And she tries to tell him that he needs help and he's not listening. And she tries to tell him her needs. And he's and like, no, I know better than you. You are my property. You are my possession. And I own you. And I, and I own get you. to tell you what You're to do. my bride. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually our mating bond's going to kick in. And then, so we get introduced to... What's her name? Ianthe? Ianthe. Ianthi, Um, Who's just another dumbass woman. I love women. I want to lift you up. Yeah. But not if you're like her. Right. So. This is the, just because we're all women, we're not all in this together character. Yeah. She's serving her own ends. Right. And I could tell you right from the beginning, because she's telling, she's as much coercive control as Tamlin is. Right. Like, oh no, honey, are you sure you want to wear that? Yeah. Yeah. She's that friend you think is your friend, but every time you go out, she's like, Oh, did you really have to wear that? Or did you have to choose that shade of lipstick? Or, Yeah. Those just like tiny microaggressions. The like apps, that was like such a real, I just, I rolled my eyes because you just, my mother just kicked in. I was like, Oh (laughs) my God. (laughs) Let me wear whatever lip gloss I want. You would look so much nicer if you. I love that, but. Yeah. The I love that butt friend Exactly, is exactly who she is. And I I don't know. Can I say a small thing about the word butt? Yeah. Did you watch Game of Thrones? No. Dang it. Okay, well, that's fine. In the very first episode of Game of Thrones, there's a small part where um, Ned Stark, they say nothing counts after the butt. Like if you say something and then you put butt, nothing before it counts. It's only what's after. Right. I swear, I have never... I do not use butt anymore. In work, in professional settings, I don't use butt because it is so counteractive to your point. It's not a good way to communicate. It's passive aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. So I literally from one episode of Game of Thrones stopped using butt entirely to communicate. Just a small thing. (laughs) We're going to talk about every major IP. I did read the first book of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, and I hated it. Mm -hmm. And then I watched the television show. I think we talked about that last time. And it was exactly the same. Yeah, that's why. And that's actually the reason. Some of the things that you hated about it are the reasons why it took off. They downplayed the magic and the fantasy and they upplayed the politics, the the sex and the rape and the incest. So much rape. And then they were like, this is a water cooler show for the next six years. Yeah. because. And then it's going to end up being the worst, most disappointing, traumatizing, (laughs) in-season of all time. And- I still am pissed off about it. See, that's how I feel. When something doesn't go where you want it to go. And you were so invested. Yeah. I watched Game of Thrones on accident. It was April 16th, 2012. I love There it. was a tornado. <laughs> and the day after the tornado, the show comes on a Saturday night or Sunday night. I accidentally was at home with the channel on HBO. Hmm. Like it was a channel. And I was like, "What is this show?" And I watched every episode. The day appointment watched it for however many years. I mean, I know that there's millions of people out there with the same story, but you can—they need to redo the the last season. Yeah. But I digress. Back to. (laughs) And we've digressed again. All right. So they're at they're at their wedding. She hates her wedding dress. That's how you know it's gonna suck. Yeah. If the bride doesn't like their wedding dress. I pictured this wedding dress as. the dress from the bubble scene in Labyrinth. Oh, that's the, perfect. She has the giant shoulders. and yeah. She has the like huge puffy skirt and yeah. the, like the giant hair. Know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of the song playing when she's like dancing and, like, and it hurts like hell. You know, sorry. Yeah. Singing. Right. And then she like yeah. looks over and David Bowie's got like the mask, but he keeps disappearing in the <clears throat> crowd. Yeah. Yeah. That's the dress I was picturing for this. Yeah, except for a little bit skankier. But pink, like pink. Her boobs are a little bit more exposed, I think, in it. Well, it's just like tool. They keep de- describing it as tool, yeah. like a tool confection or whatever. Right. Like she's dressed up like a cupcake. An awful dress that yeah. she would never choose. Um and then so then our boy, homeboy, yeah. Rhysant. Yeah. He shows up. He shows up. He's like, "Hey, Hey, what's up? I'm here to collect. Yeah. Time he's, for your week. He's babe. given her three months yeah. and not shown up to take care of the bargain. Even though you know that he is watching her through the eyeball on her hand. You yeah. know, they have this bond, which is so romantic. And I love that he put it on her palm. Yeah. Because then she can close her hand and he can't see. Cause he could have put it on the back of her hand. And then yeah. she has nothing. She just it's just always out there. Yeah. But I I really like the symbolism of putting it on her palm. So she can, yeah. Yeah. So he shows up and he takes her home. And the first thing he does is liberate her in a way. Yeah. By nudging her to learn to read. Right. Because, and I really, really like the illiteracy thing in this book because I don't think that a lot of people think about what it means to not be able to read. Right. And what that can do. To someone's self-esteem or the way they move through the world, and that learning to read, you know, later in life—I mean, I can't even imagine—but it—it's—it—it it just seems like it's, yeah. And he does it in a non-judgy way, and he's—he's yeah, he's like, "This is something you need to know." And where yeah. Tamlin knew she was illiterate, yeah. i, <laughs> I saw some criticism on Reddit about. <laughs> I think it was from like teachers and people who actually teach reading about his actual <laughs> methodology, and uh, so I was like, "Yeah, it's a, no, okay, I don't, we'll I don't care it, that much." Ryzen's not like a, he's <laughs> just like okay. Well, I don't know. I've learned yeah. to read five hundred years ago. I guess you just need to learn the alphabet and yeah. then practice. Here you go, and which she knows how to read. She's right. just never had the opportunity to sit and practice. So the right. only thing he really does is give her the space to be like, "It's okay." He doesn't bother her. That you don't know how to read this right offhand. Just go ahead and read it. Like, just sit here with it. And he takes her to the palace over the hewn city, right? Yes. So he takes her. So she still thinks he's the bad guy that only has the court of nightmares. Right. And, you know, Resand is this evil guy who's so bad, right? This front. Yeah. His mask. (laughs) His mask. yeah. Yeah. So she learns to read and she still hates him. Kind of. She's kind of in a I hate myself situation. And Ryzan's just there. He's a handy target. He's easy to hate because she already thinks he's hateable. Yeah. So she's just in a general low place. Immediately picks up on the fact that she's not eating. Yeah. She's thin. He sees, he's able to like see her entirely. Right. So. In a way that Tamlin, who's been with her for three months, has really stopped seeing her. Because he's. He never did. It's not Feyre that he sees anyway. It's yeah. just a thing that he possesses which she keeps framing it as his like protection. His his drive to protect, his need to protect. And every time Rizan says it, there's an ellipsis that he ends what he's saying and there's three dots and then he says protect. And he never says it con- like consistently all the way through a sentence without that pause that narrative pause right there with the ellipsis. So you know, Ryzan knows that the protection thing is utter bullshit and that Tamlin is just an asshole, but he's not saying that to Feyre because he's trying to get Feyre to see it herself because she's been told a lot these last three months. Everyone is telling her everything and he's trying to just give her the space and show her that it's okay to admit that this guy's a dick and you, you almost di- you died saving him, but he's still a dick, right? You gave everything, everything. You destroyed yourself for him. Correct. Yeah. And that there's no shame in that, but that's what happened. Yeah. And I'm gonna go ahead and jump overhead, jump, jump ahead. Oh, also, we haven't said this yet. There's gonna be so many spoilers in this book. <laughs> so if you haven't read the book, just come along with us, or. Yeah, I don't even think that's necessary at this point. But yeah, um, they always do spoiler <laughs> warnings in podcasts. And I'm like, but people should know. But apparently, sometimes they don't. No. Um, but jumping ahead to chapter 54. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the chapter. We know that after reading it, we know that Rasanne knows from the end of the the first book that yeah. she is his mate. From the like beginning. Almost. The first time he sees her at Mai. And he says, there you are. I've been looking for you. Oh, my God, right? He literally has. I know. And you're like, oh, my God. In in such a sweet way. And it seems so kind of almost smarmy the first time around. Like, who's this guy? But it's just in a sweet, endearing way. And that when she was painting her drawer, it was a starry night. Because he, he sent that to her. I know. Because it made him happy and he wanted to make her happy. Too. I know. And he sent her he sent her music because yeah. he knew she was falling apart. Man. Ryzen's a fucking gentleman. Yeah, he's just exactly what a healthy <laughs> partnership. Oh, be. this is this is what like a secure masculine dude uh is like. Yeah, I was actually thinking about today how you know, these are fantasy stories. Yeah. Right. So we can't be too hard about like the kind of intimate moments that they have. This is a <laughs> fantasy story. Yeah. They're big, endowed, big, beautiful, beautiful men. Yeah. But one of the things that is sometimes the hardest to believe is that these are like extremely masculine, emotionally intelligent, kind, generous seeing their women as whole, like, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes that's the fantasy. Th- this I wrestled with with Rizan by about three quarters of the way through was like, wow, he's really perfect. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, he's, super he's perfect, so emotionally so. intelligent. Yeah. Wow, he's really just, okay. That's the fantasy. That's yeah. the romantic. Uh, you as the cynical, like, older woman who's been through a couple of relationships is like, okay, when does the other shoe fall? Right. Like, when do we find out that Ryzen, like, tortures puppies sometimes yeah. or whatever? Which he probably maybe won't. Maybe not torture puppies, but, like, maybe he has some sort of, like, weird, annoying habit. Yeah, maybe he picks his toenails and leaves them on the floor or something. Yeah, maybe but that will come up once... Oh, that was... I was really about to spoil the third, fourth book, so never mind. <laughs> maybe, like, oh, oh, no, oh, never mind. So we yeah. can touch back on that a- another time. Maybe as they progress in life ten years I mean, I guess 10 is probably the equivalent of 100 years. Yeah. 100 years down the road, they'll start to come up with things that... Like, right, you got to stop that, Ryzen. Like- yeah. You got, they got to do some work on <laughs> stop it. Stop saying the word wings. If I read the word wings <laughs> one more time, I was going to stab myself in the eye. It Wait, we get it. We get it. They have wings. Guys, I don't know if you noticed, but they have wings. Oh, yeah. Like, once we have the wing reveal, she is all in on wings. Like Sarah J. Mass has a thing for wings. Yeah. And You've she does the first. um the wing span is wing span. Yes. yes. Or maybe just, that should be one of our words on wings. our t shirt. So we're gonna make t-shirts <laughs> as like to go back to what we were talking about last time. Oh yeah. With all of our um fairy porn words, and it's gonna say feast, mm-hmm. sheath, wings, and <laughs> core. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so then, we'll have those on the merch page in <laughs> months from now. Once we get our website up, yeah, yeah, we'll have merch. love some merch. Um, yeah, so with just wings, and then I got where you were going with the word male. Yeah, because we use the word male just constantly, and sh- and they do that even more in th- in um, throwing a glass, like yeah. constantly. She doesn't use the word man or men; it's always male, male, right? As and, if it's like and, like. I, I hear male the same way I hear her say growl. like when do people growl? Nobody growls. And when do we use the word male? No, I think she's trying to avoid the like human man man sure. men just calling them males or yeah. whatever because then she doesn't have to specify species. She's literally just referring to the general male of the species. yeah. I don't know. it's it does get a little old. The wings get a little old. Do we have to talk about how every piece of clothing and furniture and whatever is adapted for his wings? Please. Like <laughs> see, I don't have any kind of qualms with that, but I, I respect that. It built up over time. We're sure. fine at the beginning. Sure. But we never kind of just take them as roped. Right. We always have to draw your attention back to the wings. Yeah. All right. I want to, I really want to get to this one part to talk to you about. No, so no. I'm gonna go back here yeah. and then we're gonna move forward. Yeah, okay, hop. It's fine. Okay, bebop Beep boop boop. Um so she comes back. She goes and visits him. She's got he's got custody once a week, once a month. Custody, he's got she's he, yeah. got custody, yeah. So then she comes home. Tamlin really won't let her do anything, he locks her up. Yeah. She's starting to develop all her powers. He doesn't want to train her at all, so she's just got this like depth of power. And yeah. like her claws start coming out. No one wants to help her. Lucian's like, Man, you really. Like, we got to teach her how to use those. And he's like, no, no. So he lock literally cages her up. Basically yeah. puts magical shackles on her. Yes. And she has a full on meltdown. Yeah. And then resends Moore, his cousin. Yeah. um, To get her and rescue her. Yes. And that's kind of a political thing because. He can't enter the court. Right. Yeah. So he steals her. Well, he doesn't steal her. He frees her. Yeah. He comes and gets her. And so that's when our journey—he saves her. He saves her. Yeah, yeah. With the night court starts, and then we get to meet my favorite folks, <laughs> the um, the court of dreamers. Yeah. All the friends and the family. His found family. His found family. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think I, I don't I think we've talked about this off pod, but I have always been a person that has really deep, long life friendships, and so. Found family for me is my favorite. It just, I connect with it so much because I know what it means. It's like, a good trope. It's a good yeah. trope. Yeah, and I know what it feels like to have. Because it's a family you choose. Right, and yeah. you have family that means more, that's safer than your own. Yeah. You know, and you just, Definitely yeah. the theme overall of this pod, of this book, this book was choice. Right. Her choosing thing. Tamlin had taken away her choice. He'd taken away all of her choices. He hadn't framed it that way, but he had. And then when she goes back to Rysand everything is her Rhysand. Everything is her choice. You can say Rice is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It's beautiful either way. It's because it's how I read it when it, I'm reading you should. it. Rice Sand is beautiful. It that might be right. I mean, I did listen to the audiobook, but now I'm like confused on whether Reese. Reese is a name. Rice. Yeah. Rice. Rice Sand. <laughs> it's choice she goes back and everything is her choice he's like no it's your choice everything is your choice this is your choice that's your choice we throw around choice a lot but it's a word I don't get mad at like I got mad at wings because he's definitely like emphasizing to her that everything that happens from here on out is up to her and then we meet his friends and they are all together by choice and no matter how they were brought together they have chosen to stay together through and now they centuries. have, and now they have like healthy love and you think that, go ahead. This was, that was hysterical to me. Go ahead. Go ahead and <laughs> oh, tell the, everybody. Like, I don't know how you say their name. Cassian. Cassian. Cassian and Azriel. Uh-huh. And more just need to become a threpple Right. And get over all the sexual <laughs> tension. I don't know. This is I my, didn't feel that way. This is my primary problem usually with fantasy novels is that we still ascribe- a sense of morality that is our sense of morality to them like these people won't be together because they she doesn't want to choose and then drive them all apart well then why fucking choose you could have been together for the last 400 years you could have just been enjoying each other as a throuple for the last however long you've been together instead of being like well I can't be with either of you because I I don't want to make you guys mad at each other yeah because then I'd have to choose one of you over the other you don't have to choose one of you over the other So this is usually my problem with fantasy novels, is we carry over the same morality. Nobody, very few people ever explore the idea that they're not even human. Why do they have to, why do we have to have the same? Why do they have to be fated mates? Yeah, why do we have to have the same one-to-one? Right. Yeah. Yep. So I didn't necessarily feel that, but when you said it, I was like, yeah, I could have see that yeah in my mind it was like cassian's her best bud yeah and then Azriel loves her and she's just for some reason not into him i i didn't get the i'm into him vibe from her because if they had been if she had been into him they would have done something they would have been together for 500 years well i so she's been with cassian like, she's physically been she, with Cassian. She lost her V to him. Yeah. That fake thing. Yeah. Yeah. The fake thing. Um, So she's been with Cassian. And then Azrael clearly likes her. But I don't get that she doesn't like. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make. Even if it's just like, hey, guys, we're all mature adults. We all like each other. Just we like each other enough. Mm-hmm. And as long as this isn't something that we're all like, if I drop it and I go be with somebody else we don't stay friends, then let's do this. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm open to that throuple. I think it's a great idea. I'm for it. Yeah. I love it. Great. Great eyes. Good <laughs> eyes. Good <laughs> eyes. The, we, there's a general lack of representation of anything but a male-female partnership. Right. Marriage. No, there really is. And you will see more of that in different her, she does write that stuff. In it's different just not books. in this one. Not in this one. Yeah. Yep. Um, so and then Amran, who I love, she I'm obsessed with her. She's like five feet tall. Yeah. She's fifteen thousand years old. Yeah. She's not from there. She's from right. a different realm, and she has. An immense amount. She basically feels like a nuclear power plant when she walks in. Yeah. She's an immense amount of power just beaming out of her eyeballs. But she's in like a five foot tall. She's five feet tall with a cute little chic bob. Yeah. And I love her. Yes. And she's, um, I love how everyone is always immediately horrified of her and really terrified. Yeah. Because they know what she is. We never really get the story of what she is. Well, they know she's... She's something else. Right. They know that much. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't know uh, exactly what she is, which yeah. she's, she's the closest thing we've gotten to a vampire so far. So I just good. Yeah. Cause she literally only drinks blood. Yeah. Yeah. But she says she hates human blood. Oh, she's she definitely. Yeah. She likes goat's blood. I yeah. That's her favorite. Or lamb. Yeah. Yeah. Lamb. <laughs> Sweet little baby lamb. Cause when they go out to eat and she's not eating, I'm like, oh. She's gonna be the one that drinks blood. Oh, she definitely yeah, does. And then, then she just some- pretends. She like swirls her wine around. She's yeah, get at pretending. But so then, all right. So, what did you think about? Well, I was gonna say I I, I sent you some questions, but I also kind of kind of want to keep moving down the plot. I don't know. What do you think? You can do either one. I've you've read. You've read the book. Like, yeah. you have to have read the book. To, if you haven't read the book, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, but if <laughs> but you haven't read the book and you're lot. still with us, that means that you're just, you're like, listening this to Rachel's This is something Rachel's I voice. would do. Before I invested in a book or something, I would probably find – I would do this. I'd find a podcast where they talk about it, and I'd listen to it. To see if you want to read it. To see if I want to read it. Yeah. So I, that I can understand if you haven't read it. But, I mean, we don't have to go synopsis. Okay. Well, no. I want to ask you some questions because – I. Like you mentioned that you felt like the middle really dragged it really did, okay, because at the very beginning we get we get some mythology, we get some like this world's monsters, we get the bone carver, we get the weaver, right what would you are, think of them they were the, that was cool they like, were really cool. Right? I always like it when we deepen the idea of the world by creating this yeah like, this backstory this and depth, those are this those history. are rifles, yeah for yeah. sure um the bone carver when she went to go see the bone carver yeah <clears throat> did you pick up on what her what the bone carver showed up looking like for her a young kid yeah weird i remember it was a young she didn't recognize the child but that uh-uh. doesn't mean we're not going to later but then he saw durian which i thought was really well, interesting and and weird yeah yeah for Probably sure. just trying to pick, cuz that's also a kind of a foreshadowing for later. Didn't they bring him? No, they didn't do that. But I And thought. it was it was good. I think she had a good I like her rapport with all these creatures that they're like they're really ancient and they're really evil and they're really hard to talk to and they're really scary. And she's always like, yeah, but they're, they're scary. But like, we had a good talk. We had a good combo. And he talks to her a lot yeah. and has questions to actually ask her. Yeah, they have like a back and forth. She has a very good report because I think she's coming from a place where they were not the stories she heard at bedtime. She's not as scared of them. She's not. She doesn't. It's have like that meeting history a celebrity that you don't know who they that are. You don't know what, and they then are. you can just treat them like a normal person, right? You get that sense that okay, maybe I should be scared of them, but I'm not exactly sure why. So right. I can have this normal conversation, and because they aren't coming, because she's approaching them without that backstory, they get like, oh god, this person is just going to be able to talk to me. Like I don't have to act. I don't have to put on the. I mean, I'm sure they're still terrifying, but yeah. I don't have to. Put, put on the same mask the weaver of course is slightly different because she's just like an elemental force right she's just like a you know so ancient that there's not like there's no communicating with her she's literally there as a like mechanism for storing stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's the she's the storage unit in the Fey world exactly prithian yeah yeah and then it it is kind of neat though so i really like the like, the like, really trying, really trying. <laughs> I enjoy the kind of mystery thing where we have to go do this so that we can get here till we get yeah. here. So it does feel kind of like a, like a mystery, but you that felt like it was dragging to you. Well, once we get through with that, yeah. and that's like our first glimpse of old Feyre is the weaver, right? where she does something unexpected and intelligent, where she climbs up the Um, Chimney, Right. And she actually uses her strength and her power for, like, the first time. She doesn't let panic take her over. So we finally get, like, oh, Pharaoh's coming back. Like, we're finally going to get the, like, spunky, fun, intelligent, snarky. Here she goes being special set of skills, but, like, super powered now. Yeah. So we get that. And then all of a sudden it's like... We're just going to be in the townhouse. We're going to explore. She's going to be all denial-y about everything that's happening to her. And we're just going to go on this. I'm unwilling to admit that I had a problem, that Tamlin was a problem, that I need to move on. I'm stuck. And we are stuck for a long time. And I actually had to keep putting the book down and then coming back because it was like, I, I want more movement we needed something happening here. Yeah. I think I may have so I was I always listen to these and I think there are chapters where I was just like kind of tuned in and not really. Yeah, so they and if must you if you missed it, you didn't, you wouldn't miss anything. Right. Then they go to the summer court. That's really cool. I like I love meeting the High Lords. I yeah. love Tarquin. Sweet, sweet 80-year-old baby boy. I know. Sweet Tarquin. And she just like He's so innocent. Yeah, and she just she, you know, and she feels bad. She, I mean, she does a good. She doesn't doesn't go too far. I think he. So she does the flirting, but she doesn't take it to a place where it's like she. I mean, she uses him, but she doesn't take it to a physical place with him. So I feel like that we can we can walk that back a little bit. Right, we didn't burn as much of a bridge as if he she'd actually like. He is pretty pissed though. I mean, wouldn't you yeah. I would be super I will send you a blood ruby too yeah so they go if you for some reason haven't read the books they go and steal this really old book, book. half a book and they do it in a really cool way and she calls in a favor from her water nymph creatures that she saved yeah. from Tamlin and for financial reasons <laughs> <laughs> save them financially I, this is another example of where her rapport with these creatures because she's not born immortal creates a very good dynamic in the book where everyone else is like oh water rates they'll spend that in a week you shouldn't have given it to them she's like well i don't care that's not my problem i did what i felt was right right at the moment and so it saves her right so every time she has this opportunity to like act in act on a stereotype, she doesn't. She takes them at face value. And it usually works she out well for her. She gives that BOD, benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then, then there's, I think that's, I think because what happens between Summer Court So and, you can't even remember what happens in the middle. Because right. so it between, all gets kind of... But then, up. I think that's when we go to, when we get, um, what's, what's the... Thing called where they have. This is when they're like really trying to figure out how they she feels about Resand. This is Starfall. Yeah, Starfall. Her dress on Starfall. She pisses him off because she's like, you know, you're a baby man, and she's flirting with him. Yeah, she She kind of. Which we use jealousy as a flirtation mechanism a lot in this book, which is not not on par with Resand's perfection, right? Uh, Resand would never do that. The the Oh, should I just go fuck him? Do, would you like that if I did that? <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a, a great trait as and a woman. Like, oh. We would call that a little so, bit toxic. So, not to bring it back to K-dramas, but to bring it back to K-dramas, jealousy in a K-dramas gets framed as an attractive trait a lot. Like if the, So when we watch our K-dramas, because we're going to do it. Yeah. There's well, I've already a, started one of them. There's always a point. Where we get to, they both like each other, but they're unwilling to admit that they like each other. But you can tell the guy likes the girl because he's jealous of every guy she talks to. And they'll get like aggressively angry or like jealous, like violently, not violently jealous, but like worked up jealous every time the woman talks to a guy. So I just want to say, I think that jealousy is a perfectly normal emotion yes and as long as you are not hurting somebody it is perfectly fine to be jealous right and I, i'm not it i'm is just just telling us something about ourselves right and and we, <laughs> i'm a jealous person <laughs> <laughs> hint hint hint, <laughs> hint but the anyway we, we will use overt jealousy as like a um plot mechanism in k dramas a lot and it's always framed as an attractive trait mm-hmm. like the guy likes me so much that they they're jealous, incapable of expressing their vulnerability and right and like for you, but right. it does show up. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with jealousy, right? But we use jealousy as like a a flirtation mechanism for too long, right? <laughs> like a couple of scenes where she's like, I don't know, maybe I'm just gonna go have sex with that guy, More or she'll straight like, say fuck him, yeah. In this like, young adult book, It's yeah, not young adult anymore. It's not young We're going adult. into MA. No, yeah, and uh, Ryzen will be like, well, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go fuck her. And she's like, <laughs> I mean, I don't want you to. And he's like, why don't you want me to? And she's like, well, then fine, go fuck her. Like, you know, I like, don't care. I don't care. Yeah. And we do that, like, a lot. And she does it in moments that are inappropriate. Like, he is trying to be emotionally vulnerable with him, with Always. her. She, he's trying. Because he's just he's trying and, and she's she, like but her self-hate stuff comes in and she doesn't believe him she's so like, he says say i think about you're, fucking people again <laughs> can we she, go back to that he says fair i think you're the most beautiful person in the world and she's like he hates me <laughs> i also relate to that <laughs> fair is, is the kind of person <laughs> at this stage in her life she's the one that wakes up and goes she's married do you still like me do you like me <laughs> yeah. i relate and i think It's, oh, we're still in, I hear what you're saying, but I think we are still in a place where as women, or we get to do that a little bit more, Hmm. maybe kind of throw it back at them. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. But I also, I also see what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm I'm not not saying there's anything wrong with it, but, but we get to a point in their relationship where we need to have like. Moved past it. We need to move on. And she continues. (laughs) And there's several chapters. Yeah. She continues leaning on it. For a long time. And then there's a point where they're actually like when they're in the inn together and they're in that tiny little bed. I love that part. And some people on Reddit think that that's way more fun than chapter 55. Mm. The like we're finally like have an intimate moment together. Mm. And instead of admitting that this is a significant intimate moment for her and that she really wants him because she wants him. She's like, I just want you for fun. And then she's like, oh, I hope you didn't misunderstand me and think I actually meant what I said out loud. <laughs> <laughs> this plays into that like double talk. But like, can we go back to the point where she's 20? <laughs> I know, I know. She's 20 and he's 500. Is- so I, you know, I just want to... <laughs> Rehighlight She's like, that wow, part. I hope he didn't think she, I meant that. Because she's actually acting like a 20 year old. I know. <laughs> a war. Wait, what did you call a her? hardened <laughs> battle hardened 20 year old. A battle hardened 20 year old. Uh, <laughs> and then he, and of course, he did think she just meant he wanted him for fun. Yeah, they always believe it. He fun. is so sweet. He's like, but I took what you said. I, I literally value. thought you meant what you said. said. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, well, of course I didn't. I meant, let's be together forever, and I love you so much. It scares me. That's yeah. what I meant. Why didn't when you get that? When I needed that? you to, yeah. It's It goes back to that. There's something so attractive to women when you're at your worst, and they still really love you. Yeah. It's like, she's still being hard to get. And this immediately precedes the part in the novel that took me completely out. Like I had to put the book down and walk away for a few minutes. What? And this is after they're flying. And he's about to say something to her. And she says, like, no matter what you say, I'm here for you. Like, I'm in this relationship. Didn't you hear me last night when I said I just wanted you for fun and fucks? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she, yeah. like, puts her hand on his cheek. And then he gets shot by a bunch of arrows, and they get fall out of the sky. And he, sac- he like, sacrifices his little bit of magic to push her away. And then she goes all Xena warrior princess and, like, tracks his ass through the through the forest and then kills everyone that is hurting him and then winnows them away. And then, of course, there's a part with the cereal, which... My girl. I I do love the cereal. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah, She is a great tool for... (laughs) progressing the story yeah she's like, like oh do we need answers uh, have you run yourself into a corner and you need this <laughs> let's person capture our friend i know and then everyone she's they're like you caught the surreal," and she's always like what like it's hard and then yeah, just her special on. human skills pop up <laughs> she just moves on and they're all like but w- can we go back to anyway so then she hears from the surreal. the surreal's like well if you want your mate to get better faster she's like um we-? she's For like sure. <laughs> hold. what hold." My what? And the serial's like, oh, God, did you not know? (laughs) (laughs) No, she says, interesting. And she did that the first time around. Yeah. Because she didn't know that Tamlin was a high lord. Yeah. She's like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Serial knows damn well she's there to progress that story. Oh, yeah. And I love how the serial keeps talking to her after she frees. Yeah. Yeah. The loves she's her. like she's like, oh my God, girl, I'm just so happy to see you again. Thanks for the cloak. Did you not <laughs> did you not know he was like your fade mate? May- oh my god, did he not tell you yet? Yeah. She's oh, just like bone She's she's gossip queen. She's like, did I drop that? Did yeah. I spill that tea? Was right. that me? And then she goes back and she like She's like, wake up! And she kicks him. <laughs> and then she has him winnow them back to the to the camp. And she's like, I hope he's getting better. Get me out of here. And she just Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah, Would ahead. you be as angry as her? No. Me neither. No. And that's why I don't relate. So I That's why I'm, it took me out. It does not make sense at this point in her character development for her to react that way. Now I could understand if she takes him back, she wakes him up, she has him take them back to the camp. She fills everyone in on what happened. She makes sure he's safe. And then she's like, I need some space to process some things. And she has more take. It's the anger that... It's the immediate anger and then the immediate abandonment. He's literally delirious and, like, calling for her. And she's like, well, fuck that bastard. He didn't tell me I was his mate. I couldn't have figured that out on my own. I kind of could have, but whatever. No, I need someone to get me out of here. I need you to get me out now. Well, and... This is a great point, because I think this goes back to what you were saying, where her behavior is a little red flaggy sometimes, maybe because she's 20. Yeah. And, like, I don't... It was hard for me to watch. I I just... Well, I'm also twice her age now. (laughs) I wouldn't have been as hard on Tamlin, either. I wouldn't have cut him off like that. I would have written him a really long letter or something. I would have communicated. I think cutting off communication with somebody even, you know, when you're in a relationship, even if it's terrifying. Yeah. You at least offer them some closure. So I think that, yeah, this is another time when she was cruel. Cruel. She's Mm -hmm. literally cruel to him in this moment because she had just told him, there is nothing you can do that will make me leave you. And then immediately she's like, well, then fuck you. And she leaves. <laughs> like, Yeah, you lied to me. You Which lied to I, me. I, Which he I, didn't lie. He never said he wasn't her mate. And she, she really seems challenged by seeing other people's perspectives sometimes. He is really just giving her... He's trying to let her get to it. He's trying to let her heal. And he doesn't want to... Before he dumps this on her and is like, oh, by the way, we're going to be together forever. I hope you are okay with that. And we get... They talk just like... They talk several times about mates not always being right for yeah. each other. So it's not like we live in a world where just because you mate and you have this mating bond, the mating bond is actually the cauldron or whatever kind of force that there is yeah. saying you're gonna you're gonna make the best baby. Basically, it goes right back to procreation. Yeah, I think that Reese's mom. And her dad hooked up so that we could have a Reese. Right. And whatever fate runs the show is not even about the two. Not compatible. Not personality compatibility, just genetic compatibility. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you're gonna make the most perfect angel baby of all time. Yeah. So here you go. Love each other for a little bit. And this goes back to she has a theme of temper too. Where we so in the very in the first book, Tamlin's temper is framed as like. He loves her so much. He occasionally loses control of himself, where he, like, destroys the dining room table. He, he whatever. <laughs> That's called, like, domestic abuse. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. But in the first book, she sees it as a positive trait. Oh, my God. He loved me so much that he literally lost control of himself and, like, broke all the cutlery. And she's 19, so that makes sense. She's like, oh, it's like Edward. He loved me so much he watched me while I was sleeping. Yeah. Right. And then in in the second book, when we pick up, Tamlin's temper increasingly becomes more antagonistic, until they have that moment in the study, when she she's like, "Listen, you're killing me. You're drowning me. Like I feel like I'm drowning." He doesn't listen, and he literally explodes the room. And the only reason she isn't harmed is because she protects herself. Right. He doesn't make any effort to protect her. So we've reframed temper several times. Sure. And then we also reframed Feyre's temper. Yeah. So at first, we see it as a coping mechanism. It's her way of rebelling. It's her way of fighting against these dudes that keep telling her what to do. And then in this moment, her temper becomes toxic because she loses her cool, and she literally leaves Ryzan to die in the mud. I mean, she doesn't leave him in the cave. She at least takes him back to and, her friends. And at no point does he deserve that at no. all. Like no. It's hard. I mean, I can see that. It does take you... It makes you go... Wait, what? Why would you... I understand needing space, just like you said, yeah. but, you know, you still don't know whether he's going to be okay. Yeah. And you know that you're the only one, effectively, that can heal him because you have, like, super blood. Yeah. And so she just relies on the cereal. She's like, well, cereal said if I gave him my blood and I gave him these flowers, he was going to be fine. And then she just dips. Right. I, I really try and put myself in a position... Well, that, it's not possible because it's a fantasy. But <laughs> being angry about something, somebody who kept something that was so positive, yeah, like hey, you know that guy that you love a lot, and you are and really you, you've really grown to respect, and who respects who's you? one of your best friends. Yeah, well, you're fated to be together, and she's he, like, "What? He was son of a bitch. He, he was epically in love, attracted to you in yeah. every kind of massive, epic way, and held back and restrained himself for months." So that you could meet him at the table instead of him forcing you to sit down, and you're super angry at him right. about it. Yeah, no, I didn't get that. At That's all. that twenty year old. She really right. She in- comes she- to it. Yeah. In Pharaoh's defense, when she has a couple of days to chill yeah. for a minute, she comes to it. Sarah J. Mass's characters are always really hot headed women they're always really hot-headed this is an, women this is another one of my pet peeves for strong independent female characters she doesn't hit a lot of them but this is one she does is they are usually stubborn to the point of stupidity and that's what we're dealing and with. and that's what we're dealing with yeah that's my chief problem with robert jordan's writing for the wheel of time is often his female characters are stubborn to the point of actual stupidity. and actually that's to me that's more of a male character trait <laughs> But that, that's where we get the, the strong feminine is masculine. How many wheel real, of real times did you get through? I got through like five. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. For a 14 book series, I'm surprised. I couldn't get through the first two. I got through two. I might pick it up another time. When it's one of those five, ones that I'm like. like we just stop. We well, don't and go. I've heard that it's from. It's just. Matt read them, but Matt won't. He'll, he'll finish the series even if he hates it. Well, I would love to. Do read them when we pick up with Brandon Sanderson. When Brandon Sanderson finishes it, Matt said it was a a faster moving book. That's my. It's just the pacing. The writing's fine. The characters get a little annoying. Everybody has braids exclusively to pull them. She pulled on her braid. She pulled on her braid. Her plaits. She pulled on it. She and we finally get a female character who's not. Stubborn to the point of stupidity, but it's because she's, like, ancient and immortal, and she gets literally pulled out of the dream realm and made real. Well, and stubborn to the point of stupidity seems like a male-written female. It's a it's a male gaze. The strong female is the one that doesn't listen to you. When you're actually the dumbass, and no one should be listening to you. Right. Because everybody... Thinks that they should listen to you, right? So but this the, is the. But I digress again. <laughs> but this is the the strong female is masculine thing, where we conflate strength and masculinity. We conflate the two things when they're not necessarily related. So that's why it's like this. Is why I didn't like this part because up until now, oh, I like Feyre. I, I like what she's doing. I don't have any. She has flaws. That's fine. It's fine. A character should have flaws. That's what makes her relatable. But then when we have this moment where she does this thing that totally doesn't make sense. she I'm going to say a thing. It probably won't resonate as much as it does for me, but I'm going to say it anyways. She writes her female characters, her heroines, as fire signs. They're all <laughs> really hot-headed. Yeah. yeah, Just like blast through something. With like earth moons, always. And that woman that I re- that did the, chose all these character signs, she also agreed with that. But yeah, moving on. I can go. Because then if you get the logical female, they're framed as frosty. They're always framed as cold. You get the female that's not immediately emotive or yet, like not immediately emotive. Yeah. Do you feel like people describe you as frosty? I have in the past been described as frosty. I don't think you're frosty. I don't think I'm frosty either. But I think I, if you don't know me, if you only see me, sure. Yeah. Sure. Because like I stated last time, I don't have a ton of involuntary facial expression. I think, yeah. It's, and frosty to me, you would have to be like, you're you a, a zero. You, you sit at a zero. A yeah. frosty for me would have to be at like a negative four. Yeah. Right. Where you are not having, I'm having an emotion. I'm feeling what's going on but I'm not necessarily showing it on my face and I'm not necessarily reacting to it immediately. That doesn't mean I'm not having an emotion. So we were talking about um, stupidity, stubbornness to the point of stupidity, which I love the way that you phrase that because that gets played a lot, especially with women, especially oftentimes when men write women. It's supposed to make them look strong-minded, like they know their own mind or whatever. They trust themselves. Right, instead of being like, okay, I'm willing to listen. To what you're saying, yeah, I'm hearing you talking about stubborn to the point of stupidity, and we were talking about how okay, so we're at we can talk about ch- chapters fifty four and fifty five now. Yeah, the explosion, yes, the orgasm, the orgasm of yeah. exposition that we got, and we're literally rising, resand talks for an entire like chapter, and I loved it. It's just one long dialogue. Yes, yeah, him. It's basically a chapter of his side of the story right he's like and are you ready because here we go and stephanie myers wrote a whole book in edward's view (laughs) i did try to read it (laughs) i did not it pains me to admit it and it was okay yeah it It was was okay it was just as toxically masculine as i thought it was going to be cool the whole i I really want to hurt this okay this is a theme that shows up a lot and well it it's It's relevant because it shows up in Tamlin's story, which is I'm strong, I'm powerful. I'm more powerful than this woman. And I have to work so hard not to hurt her. And that is framed as like a attractive trait. Like I literally have the, the, I'm literally capable of killing you at any moment. but I'm not gonna. Yeah. And doesn't that make me desirable? Like I'm not hurting you. Isn't that nice of me? Instead of like, I don't know why. That's why I like the way she treated Rhysand because the reveal of how powerful he actually is is way down the line. Yeah. Way down the line. He's like, oh yeah, I'm kind of maybe the most powerful High Lord like ever. Of all time. Of all time. He's incredibly powerful. But but did you want wine with your cheese? Like he's just like, you know, whatever, you know. And we don't ever have a moment where we got 500 years of being super strong. Yeah. And we don't ever have a moment where Rhysand is trying to not hurt her with his super masculine abilities. Right. He's he's always in control of himself. And it's a big deal that he's always in control of himself. And he's never reminding her of how much he could harm her, but he's not doing it. Right. And Tamlin does. We get a lot of Tamlin, like, when he's destroying stuff in the background or at the, like, climax of their toxic relationship where he literally explodes a room and almost kills her. Like, had she not been able to protect herself, what would have happened? She'd have got – or she was human. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to Edwards' bod, he was a vampire, and she was a person, like right? A human. So um, and I kind of get that he was, but it was so like in such a sexual connotation too. Well, well done. I'm okay with this. Show. Sure, I'm. I'm fine with this, and I and I love it when we flip the script too. When a woman is so powerful, and then you have a fragile man, like yeah, I want that. You know what that- happens um they tend to get divorced. <laughs> Those relationships don't work out. Well, they wh- why not? I you don't know why? Know. Because there's not any good blueprints. He's a painter and she's the CEO and oh, and then we get a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever. <laughs> I rolled my eyes. I wish they could I wish there was a way to like I wish we had like a sound a sound bar for the like whoop, the when like, when yeah <laughs> for, when I roll my eyes yeah. to the back of my face I'll just do that every time <laughs> <laughs> yeah or like, something even my yeah we'll eyes think rolled of something so hard my head roll yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but maybe it's because we don't have any blueprints because we always frame it the other way around this is usually my problem with vampire novels too is it's always an old male powerful figure and then a young inexperienced female which is the same framework we have here right. Well, and, you know, in real life, we know that when a man is much older than a woman, it has so much to do with how easy they are to manipulate. Yes. <laughs> and how easy they are to. The grooming. Yeah. 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 It's why Farrah doesn't realize that Tamlin is. But when she does. Red flag central. He's like, what are those people called that do this? the oh, flag bearers. Yeah. What, but do they have like a fancy so, name? Oh, Majorettes? Yeah, uh, like color guard. Or yeah, yeah. he's a color guard. Yeah. Yeah, Tamlin's on the color guard. With ass red flag. Yeah. Just, he's got a <laughs> Flailing whole Flailing in the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's choreographed them to music. There's, <laughs> yeah, they're on TikTok. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I do love when she realizes it. And when Lucian's she, just over there blowing the whistle and like oh in the know, band. Yes. Like, I love him. He's so good. Yeah. When she's when she's sparring with Cassian and she's punching him. And she's every punch is like a realization of what Tamlin has done to her. And she's like, he could have he when he had an opportunity under the mountain to free me, he just tried to fuck me. And then she like punches the <laughs> punches the thing, and I was just like, yes, thank you. I I had been waiting for that scene for her to finally. That was in the um, the lull. Herself. That was during the lull. Yeah, that yeah. That was when we start back up. Yeah, we kind of we peek. oh we're going to talk more about Cassian. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. We trend. And then we start peaking. We start going up, which is towards the orgasm, towards the orgasm. And then we have it. We have it. We have our moment. Yeah. And that's why, because that our our climax is a high point. The dark night of the soul is so bleak. The fall down to the final reveal of the villain. We've got both of halves of the book. We're going to see. We're going to the king of Highburn. Who I think we just call... What does he... have? Highburn. Highburn, whatever. Uh, I think that's all they call him. Honestly, I don't remember another thing. And I've read it three times. So. Right. Because he doesn't have any nuance. He's just a bad guy. Yeah. Which is a bad... It's a bad villain, but it's a villain. So whatever. And so we get there and it's like... The, okay. So the end scene, the scene with the cauldron and the book and the... All is lost. This is our all is lost scene. Dark night of the soul. And it is too long. Let me ask you a question. When you're saying Dark Knight of the Soul, are you referencing something that I'm not getting? So there's beats, right? So every story has the same essential beats. right? And so if you have, like, you have fun and games, which is what we just went through, which is the fun and games part where you have all of the characters together, you're learning each other, small events may happen, but nothing story significant, and you either trend upward or downward during fun and games. So either so Farah's trending upward. She's getting better. She's healing from her trauma. She's falling in love with Ryzen. We're we're going from a high place to a high place to a high. You may have some dips, but for we're overall trending upward. If we were trending downward, you're losing everything. Your cat's dying. Your dog, da- your house is getting taken from you, your car gets lost, your best friend stops talking to you. Whatever. If we trend downward, then the climb and the climax is a low point. Then the the last point will be a high note. Your cat really wasn't dead. That was somebody else's cat. (laughs) Your car got fixed by the hot neighbor guy who you're now going to date (laughs) and whatever. But this one, because we were trending upward, our final beat is down. Yeah. That's why we hit the like, all is lost. So all is lost or dark night of the soul is like the point at a book in the book where you can't see the characters winning. Everything is glossed that the bad guy has been scheming behind the be- behind the scenes this entire time this is the big reveal of all of his plans you thought it was going to go good but oh no it all got taken away from you so that's what this last scene is is yeah. our we can't see how the characters are going to win right and it's too long <laughs> It's you think? Too long. I skimmed part of it. I was like, blah 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 blah. Yeah, it was a lot of chapters. It was a lot of just like, oh, good. Here's one more person getting hurt. Okay, yeah, God. and oh, somebody's wings. But got you know shredded what the then- best part was? Cassian finds uh, Nesta. Oh, he finds her earlier. No, the best part of the whole thing is Nesta's point. Oh yeah! When yes, our special set her, of like, skills. we're like Terminator. Like I'm <laughs> being lowered into the lava. She just points at him like yes, <laughs> like the two eyes of the finger. And oh, then two I, eyes I to love him. the consistency that this human woman, yeah, and her special set of skills. She gets called a viper. She gets called like a cat at some point. Yeah, everybody is on the same page that she is some sort of steel human woman. Yeah. And always are terrified of her. Right. I love that. And yeah, that's a great way to describe it. The Terminator. Yeah. She's she's getting lowered into the lava and she's just like, when I get out of here. The molten metal. When I get out of here. You. You. You're first on my list, bitch. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And everybody's terrified of her. Yeah. The, her ability to terrify everybody in the room, while it kind of takes you out of the story a little bit because you're like, it's not realistic. I She's not just know. a person. I like her, though. I Same. I am, yeah. I'm obsessed with her. And, you know, I'll go ahead and say this. Our book five, which is my favorite in the series, is our, our narrator's change, and it's Nesta's story. Uh, so, yeah. And I do like the... Uh, oh, and you picked up on the stuff going on between her and Cassie. yeah. So yes. was, yeah, you yeah. have that to look forward to in book oh, five. Oh, good, good. Because it yeah. was just how happy, right? Ry- well, I guess they're not going to be together because Feyre not with Rhysand at, th- at no. the end of this. Every, every freaking book has to start at the spring court. Yeah. yeah. And Lucian's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> she is not who she says she is, but Tamlin. Oh, he's so smart. His metal eye won't let him get away with anything. He's no. like, I see everything happening. And Tamlin is... Stubborn to the point of stupidity. Yeah. And also, you know, I kind of relate to, as a person who has had really low frequency seasons in my life where my ability, you know, emotionally unintelligent, I don't know how to, no emotional regulation, you know, like really, I kind of relate to Tamlin sometimes. I think that's why I feel for him sometimes because I'm like, there have been seasons in my life where I may have been possessive like that yeah, or not have understood how you would literally find the most evil guy in the entire world and <laughs> no, side with him in an attempt. I to mean, get the Schoenfreude <laughs> stuff, right? Where yeah. you like wish mean things. Yeah. I had a therapist look at me one time and go, uh, <laughs> yeah. You really don't want them to be happy, do you? But this was her talking about someone that my ex had loved me for. So, you know what I mean? But I have moments where my feelings are overpowering my ability to understand what it means to love well. Right. I mean, thank God I'm 40 now, older. then, Then make yourself, like, super powerful. And no one's ever told you no because you're powerful enough that nobody can. Right. And so this is the first woman that you're like, but but I want her. And she's like, but I don't want you. Right. And he's like, uh, does not compute. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it it boils down to the, um, and we see this so often. I see this on TikTok stories when women are explaining breakups where they don't do anything and they're, you know, they're abusive and Mm -hmm. they have, they don't understand why. Cause they never listened. Yeah. it's like, they never heard anything. Right. Like I told you, but you didn't want to hear it. So yeah, I said that to you. But it's like, yeah, you can't get through their big old strong, thick skulls. Because they're so masculine. It's like a shield. Matt calls that fragile masculinity. Yeah. Where you literally, literally taking anything feminine in. Any any attempt to listen to what a woman is saying threatens your masculinity. Because any touch of the feminine, it's like, why are some young boys not allowed to do anything feminine, can't paint their nails, can't put on dresses or whatever, because literally any even small touch of the feminine will destroy your masculinity. Okay, so we were discussing Tamlin mas- and how Tamlin's character... Wait, what did you call it? Fragile masculinity. ...is really informed by fragile masculinity, where he can't listen to Feyre. And even when she's when he she comes back under the guise of coming back to him, and he's like, everything will be different. We don't really believe him. Yeah. He also does that thing and I when people act like they know you better than you know yourself. Yes. It's like the most unkind It's infantilizing. It's what you would do to a child. Oh my God! I always say infantilizing. <laughs> I always try and tell my mom, like you're infantilizing me you're right infantilizing. now. Infantilizing. You're infantilizing. You're treating <laughs> someone as if they are a child, as if you have superior knowledge. It sounds better if you say infantilizing. infantilizing. Yes. I, t- yeah. Okay. It's because it's tempting to treat someone like a child, so you're infantilizing. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, there have been past parts of me where I thought I knew better, but like n- understanding now oh, that's really not a kind way to approach anybody's issues. No. If somebody is breaking down and telling you something and being vulnerable, you don't tell them what they're going through. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me, oh, I wanted to say, we. I keep making comments about her being young, and I don't, I was thinking in the bathroom, I don't want anybody that's young to think that <laughs> I'm, that they're not capable of making decisions. It's She's just that She's immature. When, it's when not you're, necessarily her number and age. It comes along yeah. with... Inexperience with men, yes. right? Inexperience with life in general. Just, yeah. I always think of it as emotional balance, a ballast. So when you are a child, everything feels dramatic. You know, when you take somebody thing away from a kid and they have a meltdown, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's just a toy." Well, no, this is literally the worst thing that has ever happened to them. Right? Nothing, nothing compares to how horrible this moment is. Right. They have no emotional ballast. We've made it to 40. Our emotional ballast is the size of the fucking Titanic. Kind of. <laughs> it depends, I can be petty. I've got so much counterweight. Yeah. That when when Matt when I hand Matt my bowl of mac and cheese to hold and he eats the entire bowl of mac and cheese instead of just holding it. I don't have to have a meltdown. I just had a breakthrough. <laughs> I just had a breakthrough in this exact moment. I don't have a great emotional ballast in relationships. Yes. Another pod. That's another go. pod. Emotional but I just ballast. you saying that, I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, that makes so much sense." Because you you have to have just Because then, that's why you don't let everything. That's how you get through marriages. Because we've been together 14 years. And that's how you don't let the little things bother you. Because you have you, I can put it in perspective. Cuz when I look at people's marriages, I'm like, "Never." Because when you've been together, de- <laughs> because I don't know. Because at first, at first, of course, your every relationship is tumultuous at yeah. first. It's fine. It's it's getting through that period together, and then coming out the other side. And you're like, okay, was that worth it? Do I feel like I grew better? Is with that you? and that's how you learn to pick your battles. Yes, and that's how you learn when you should communicate and when you shouldn't. Yes. or when you can just let it go. Right. I love that. I'm going to do some more work on that. Thank you. You're welcome. Ah. So that's where we're at with Tamlin right yeah. now is and Tamlin as old as he is, he he has never had like Yeah, the experience really the like experience with a woman because he didn't even have like I mean there's there's no women around him. There's no strong women in his life. Yeah. And I've I've also mentioned like, not just talking about relationships. I think we brought it up last time, too. Their leadership abilities. Yes. Like, I like to think of things in, for, in like terms of leadership, right? Yes. Like, Rasand always wanted to do better. He wanted leadership. He almost grew into it. He was, like, ready for it. Yeah. Tamlin got thrown into it. It's a burden to him. He never wanted it. And he, now he's got it. And, and he's not he's stepping not, up to the plate. And he's not managing it well. No. And no. I think that's why when the queens arrive... We really in we real despite the fact that the queens are shown as like a range of ages, they all feel super immature. Yeah. In comparison to re- Resand. Well he's five hundred and they're what, eighty? Yeah. Tarquin's eighty, he's a baby boy. I mean like the queen, like the human queen. Yeah. 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 And well I disliked them in general. Yeah. <laughs> which I think we're supposed I to I think so too. But I also just disliked they're like a one note. She just kind of describes them as the queens. You know, now that you say the thing about Hibern being, he, they, she doesn't do villains well. No. No, they're just, they're one. I love a gray villain. Nothing will get me as much as a gray villain. The villain, the villain that is not the villain in their own eyes. The one that they, they think. Thanos. The one that thinks they're doing it because they're doing the right thing. Somebody that you can relate to who some of their points you're like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. That you're makes like, a okay, lot of sense. I don't love how you're going about this, but I see where you're going. And I'm the only person who knows how to fix the problem. Yes, and doesn't recognize that you want to. You want to take out half of the universe, right? Yeah. And they're like, but I, I'm just doing the hard thing for you. I'm taking on this burden for you. But I'm, really, I have a good heart. Yeah. Because I just don't want people yeah. to suffer. Ugh, great villain. We'll get just and well written too. So well, you have to. As a writer, you have to see their point of view to be able to write that character. It's so easy to just be like, "Well, this guy wants to kill everybody, and that's what makes him bad." That's why you don't like evil vampires. Yeah, because they're just they're so one note. We don't get a lot of you don't you relate, know, and we don't know why Highburn is doing what. I mean, we get that he wants the he wants humans as slaves again or whatever, but the, they the, lost the yeah. They don't have the prosperity that they used to, which right. And they do talk about this a little bit more in the next book, and I'll just bring it forward. I don't feel like you're gonna be sad about it. That he talks his people when they're fighting for him, it's because they believe in the cause. It's yeah. not just about one thing. His people actually are like, we want to, we want more money. Yeah, we want more prosperity. Superiority. We want, yeah. we want the return. We of want face the prosperity. Yeah. And, I mean, that, okay, fine, but it's still just... But we don't get enough of that in the actual villain. No. Yeah. We don't get time with them either. No. And then we even get like the villainous setting. Like a bone castle and it's dark and there's no decoration and there's no paintings and there's no whatever. We even get the like evil castle with the like lightning behind it and the, <laughs> the werewolf in oh, the, and the background and yeah. the, uh, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> all right you know we're okay fine you know that's so funny that you said that i've i've read this book three times and still never picked that up i re-listened to those last chapters when i was sitting out in my car because i was like i i never really remember the end because it's not the only thing i remember is the terminator (laughs) is nest's point that's all that matters to me and that cassian gets really hurt Azriel gets really hurt i'm not really sure what happens with more i know she's there she almost gets hurt I love that even when Cassian and Azriel are like broken on the floor, they're still like trying to get Yeah. Trying to get to Nesta. And Elaine yeah, is there. And I love how just when she'd realized that she was going to have to live for eternity without her sisters, we found a plot mechanism to make them immortal. Right? <laughs> like, hey guys, you remember those stakes? Yeah, we're just gonna take those stakes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and that's another thing I don't understand. I guess a lifetime of being told that Fae are terrible makes you hate living forever, but I just don't. I just want super angry about that. I know it's like the oh boo hoo, I'm now immortal and I have superpowers, and (laughs) I'm just so mad about it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I think. Uh, just me as a person. It's pers- okay for a little bit of that. We have to have a little bit of that. Narratively, you always have the denial, right? So right. you always have the sequel. So you, we usually start with life as it is. I don't understand why you have to have pointy ears to live forever. If you don't... <laughs> <laughs> I, that point. Well, I don't like, understand why you have just 20 years like that's like the first thing oh that she came out and she had nice pointy ears and her fingers were really long like yeah i don't get it why they we looked like people like humans but live forever I they don't... had to turn him into Faye. yeah like for some reason your ears will crumble if they're not long if they're not pointy it's like a after a... year <laughs> 600 no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's because it's like they're fae guys look they're fae and they're the like i don't know why your fingers have to be longer and your limbs have to be more supple yeah and then you get to eat wine cheese and bread all the time all the time the superpower your ability to just not metabolism gain yeah well yeah. unless you're throwing up every night and then apparently you lose weight and then she's like why well, put weight on faster than i would have as a human and it's part of my like fae gifts when she's like recovering and she's actually yeah. eating and she's not throwing up so she's like putting meat back on her bones or whatever and she makes a comment that like she's doing it faster as a fae than she would have as a human yeah she's gaining muscle and stuff and right. i'm like man i could do that between the end of november and the first of january i don't need no fae metabolism i could regain weight or put on yeah <laughs> just oh wanna the watch you want a challenge you wanna, you make it a challenge it's a superpower? <laughs> It's called Let the me month. show you how fast I can gain weight. It's called the month of feasting. <laughs> Not feasting again. Oh no! Oh God, I said the wrong. Episode. Yeah, oh, we've it's already did intentional. T- yes. Yeah, <laughs> unintentional feast. Oh, they used. I, I was gonna ask you after last week's conversation when oh, we talked about yeah, all I of our words. Every feast. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's okay. What what, did you, you notice? Yeah, yeah. Because they say it so much. Yes. Yes. I was going back through that chapter, and every time they said it, I was like, ha, ha, ha. "I hope, like beeps and butter. <laughs> I hope that when she reads it, that's exactly what happened. I hope that she she yes. doesn't have a straight face. No, that. no. I was like, "Oh god." <laughs> and I always, um, I always hate the like long drawn out sex scenes where the woman has like orgasm after orgasm. Like, I, I, I would die. Like, I would die. You would die. But we've already determined they don't have the same organs. That's right. Yes. They're yeah. they're uh, they're what's the word uh preternatural mean preternatural it just means like other than natural preternatural yeah that word gets used all the time and i'm like i guess it just means supernatural it's in effectively a different- supernatural yeah it's just okay. like uh, an inherent ability that is other it's than a great nature. word yeah. i'm just like i think it just means the same thing so. sometimes supernatural can be like ghosts magic sure. whatever so preternatural is more like it's a otherworldly nature but it's in your nature that makes so it'd be like the ability to have four orgasms in a row without feeling like your vagina was going to fall off, right? So, so that would be a preternatural you recharge. ability in your body rather than okay, yeah. So that would body. be your, your preternatural ability. If a ghost showed up while you were doing it, Sup- that'd be supernatural, supernatural. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad that you had those. I, I'm glad that that happened for you. Yeah. I was like, I hope she likes it. So now that we're kind of towards the end of the book, it ends with Farrah going back to the Supreme Court. We find out she's a high lady, the yeah. first one ever, yes. which is really cool. makes Rassand, again, a perfect man instead of a present. Well, he surrounds himself with strong women. Yeah, like Amber his first and, 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 and second, yeah. or second and third. Yeah. yeah. So, I know. Women. That's Well, and that says so much about... In case you didn't hear, Matt just said that he surrounds himself with strong women. Because which he couldn't resist the sex discussion at the end of this podcast. Yeah, just, we'll see where it goes this time. <laughs> um, but penetrate. that's a, it's <laughs> 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 Wait, what was the other Insanguinate. Oh, yeah, insanguinate. But I don't know, penetrate. <laughs> penetration. <laughs> we did throw penetration around the lot. I mean, but it's fair. Like, it's the discussion around penetration. It's just, in we can analysis. also say pokey. Yeah. I, I, and I've been watching, I have, to, you know, go back there a little bit. I have been watching a lot of information lately on the differences in those things. So I I did use, we did use that word quite frequently, but That's it's fine. okay. It's, it's fine. fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It, we need to make it normal. Yeah. Yeah. Pokey, penetrative sex. And, ew. They don't use, <laughs> you don't see those a lot. No, because the, they're not, well, they're, you're always wet. Uh, yeah. Mo- not moist, really, but just like. My, the, the, like my slickness or, Ugh, or whatever. Slickness, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slick heat. Or, yeah. Yeah, oh. and yeah, my core. Yeah, which I did like the scene where she's sitting on his lap in the Court of Nightmares yeah. in the human city. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I yeah. love that scene. Yes. I love when they have to pretend and yes. no, no one knows that they're pretending to be evil. Yeah. I do kind of hate that Rhysand... I mean, he probably has to make some pretty hard calls sometimes to prove points. Yeah. And he might actually have to do evil stuff or, like, <laughs> undesirable things. Yes. Um, but I love that something about them hiding uh, Valeris, Valaris. Yeah. I love the idea of um, nighttime being beautiful and not dark and right. not evil. Right, yes, Because I feel that way, too. I a night sky, a starry night sky, is like chef's kiss. Yeah, that we don't have to take darkness as evil, but we've also good. established that I like really cold places, <laughs> so I love a cold, crisp night sky with no light other than stars. It's yeah. So I totally recognize and the idea of starlight between, but the difference between starlight and sunlight mm-hmm. is starlight feels so. Like, soothing as opposed to, like, warming? Yeah. Softer. Softer, yeah. Yeah. I think this is one of the reasons I like Resand is because he's the type of character that can make difficult choices. He doesn't cling so hard to his concept of honor that he can't maintain both of these courts. Yeah. Sorry, I just had another thought. That's okay. I want to go back to something you said last week and see if you still agree with it. Okay. There was a point where you said that you thought Resand could kill Farah. Fairy, Farah, Farah, Farah. Farah, Farah darling. Mm-hmm. Um, now knowing that he <laughs> knew she was his mate, do you think that's the case? Not without telling her. Yeah, I think she'd part be part of the discussion. Yeah. <laughs> they'd have open communication and about it. It would work absolutely to to get around it. To get around it. Yeah, when you said that last week I didn't want to be like, well, yeah, well but- <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> but I think I think he would do what it took to protect his people, but I don't think he would do it without telling her. Yeah. which is what I like about their two. cuz they're setting up this communication. They're yeah. setting up like a a relationship based on communication. Um, hmm, which is why thought. he does that whole like chapter dump where he's like before we get started on this mate situation. Yeah. I'm going to catch you up, right? And then she serves him the soup. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of soup do you think it is? What do they say know. I don't know. What would you say? I love how nobody in this book cooks. Uh, I don't cook, so I I'm like, yeah, that's real life. <laughs> so I asked you a couple questions. Um so okay, here we go. We don't even have to ask the villains questions because I think we've established we don't really have that great a villain. No. But we do have like monsters. And I do have monsters that I like more than others. Yeah, I, and I like that they're uh, neutral. They're just, they just are what they are. They're like an elemental force of nature. They're not right. negative or positive. They just are what they are. Right. So let's, okay, so what are your top three? Top three villains? Top three monsters. Top three monsters. Well, we really only talked to a couple. We talked to... um the bone carver Mm -hmm. and i liked him yeah he's cool and i liked the i liked the idea of the weaver Mm -hmm. this like super cannibal whose house is literally thatched with human hair and you know what really grosses me out the um fat yeah like i can for some reason the smell of that house really i when she was describing it i was just like oh my god can you imagine the smell yeah of like burnt human that grease that vomiting i understand right she comes back i can't even touch like i can't clean the drain in the shower no let's not (laughs) talk about mold and then she rolls down like a roof of human hair yeah and it's like sticking to her because she's covered in human grease yeah she's covered in yeah people grease so that was a well-composed villain yeah because she is not she's not evil inherently evil she just is what she and is. She's just trying to survive. She's like a storm. She yeah. doesn't if the storm is just what it is. It causes mayhem, but yep. not because it that's what's intending to do. It just simply is what it is. Yeah. And don't forget our bestie. The cereal. Oh, the cereal. Yeah. I did like, she just sets. she's like, right, I'm going to go get the cereal. And she just goes out and <laughs> sets up a trap and it shows up and she's like. It's not the last time either. she <laughs> just like, let you know. She's like, hey, homie. And every- <laughs> Hey, homie. <laughs> hey, homie. And literally everybody is like, how'd you catch the cereal? <laughs> she's like, ah, is but that supposed to be hard? I She's like, I just went out in the woods. You could go do it. And they're like, no, we can't. That's the point. Yeah. Even Resand is like, I tried twice to catch it. And she's like. Well, you should have tried a third time. I right. don't know what to tell you. Right. Um. So what about your... Okay, so we have so many characters. We have way more characters now. Yes. So if you yeah. had to... Cho- you don't, I mean, you definitely get more in the next books, but what do you think? Top, top three. We, top three. Oh, I really liked Amren. Mm. I do. Because I like... A, she's just a good, consistent, powerful... Mysterious, morally gray character, yeah. which we've established. I'm here for morally gray, right? I'm here for it. Um, I liked Resand in this book. I feel like I wanted a little, a little spice to Resand. I mean, he was fine. He was good, but he was real wholesome, and that's fine. But okay, I mean, he's perfect for Feyre. I'm happy for Feyre, right? But we didn't get a lot of flaws, right? Yeah, which was what makes a character interesting, his yeah. flaws. But he's hot. Super so hot. we get some sex scenes, which are pretty hot. Yeah, spicy. They're actually decent. And yeah. it's not too much. No. So now that you've read these two and you offered me, we'll go back to you offering me Ice Planet Barbarians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Again, a different direction. I, th- I thought we were on the same page, but yeah. sorry. No, no, that's it's fine. I, I like them both. Um, so yeah, three, you get one more. Yeah. Oh, okay. wait. Or d- was Pharaoh your third? No, Pharaoh wasn't my third. She's okay, and I get that she needs most of this book to heal, and I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think it helped. I think if she had had aftercare, proper aftercare, instead of Tamlin, I don't think she would have taken as long as she did. But she literally went from like the frying pan and into the fire, because, and she didn't want to tell herself. Or she didn't want to admit to herself that she had done all of this for a jackass. That she actually needed to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it felt to her like it would negate all of her sacrifices. Where instead of framing it as like, well, I saved but can you the imagine? entire country. Yeah. It can you ima- Can you imagine if you had literally gone in with no expectation of walking out? Yeah. To save someone that you were in love with. Yes. To three months down the road, realize that... They they lock you in a house. Well, yeah. And I really applaud her ability to... You know, I think a lot of times what's so tough about relationships is you can love a person so much but not love us. Yeah. And I think that's so often having a hard time leaving, she loves... Love Tamlin, right? But them together, she can't love that. And no. she had to love herself more. Yeah. And that's great. That's great that she, you know, he didn't really give her a choice. He definitely made it easy on her. Yeah. I mean, she had to like escape. He put her in a kennel. Yeah. <laughs> he caged her. Yeah. Mm. So it's like mm. blatant magic domestic abuse. Yeah. Curse um, of control. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, I need. I still need a third. I don't know they To me, because we didn't get a lot of, besides just like their backstory, Cassian, Azriel, and more, all kind of felt like the same one-note characters. Yeah, I'm sure we're gonna get more with them. This is like we a- get a little bit more Cassian in this because of the story in chapter sixteen. Yeah, Where we hear about how he was a little punk. Yeah. You know, he was poor. He was dirt poor. Yeah. Had nothing. And they call him bastards, which I even have a hard time saying that word. It just feels ugly. But I guess it's not. It's like bitch meaning female dog. It just means conceived out of wedlock. Right. So bastardized little boy, stealing people's clothes, beating people up. You know, and then Rhysand's mom took him in. Yeah. And they still hated each other. (laughs) And he ends up being like the biggest, barliest boy. Yeah. And he's, I love about him that he's still so almost feral a little bit. Like still very, um, what's it mean when you cuss a lot? What's that word? When you cuss a lot? Yeah, when you use profanity. Profanity, He uses a lot of profanity. Yeah. He's easy to relate to. He has the funniest jokes. He's always laughing. He can take a joke. I mean. I do l- like Cassian is like the most consistently positive. And he's yes. one of the most, I think, and you'll learn this more. I won't spoil too much, but Cassian ends up being one of them. Mo- like he is genuinely all the tropes of masculinity and then also super emotionally intelligent. And all those things. So you're just like, dang. <laughs> so while you're all about, like, while to you, Sand is like your bro, Sand is not mine. Cassian is. Cass- Maybe he will be. I haven't gotten. We haven't. We don't get a lot of cat. Ka- we just get Cassian and yeah. like, what he does. I know. I know too much. Yeah. It's hard and for his, me like, to pull it back. Defending and yeah. walking around with his wings and blah, blah, blah. We do get a lot. Of, we get hints at Cassian and Nesta's relationship in this book. Her dis- advising him yeah um enemies to lovers 100 percent. yeah to me just uh, like you know my my top three are probably ne- i love nesta i know a lot about her though and cassian and then i love lucian a lot too they're mine they're oh my- lucian not in this book yeah maybe because we're gonna see more of him soon but he yeah. was pretty spineless in this book yeah, he definitely fit my initial. He sees Tamlin. As yeah, I than he I is. think that I'm. Uh, I think in the third book you get better. Yeah, that's probably. He I'm was, having a hard time like pulling back. From, he was a little triggering because he felt like the guy that he's be- the pal that le- like says it's okay. Yeah, he's the best friend who knows his buddy is abusive, but he keeps telling the girlfriend like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna I'm gonna work with him again. Don't leave him because he loves you. I'll talk to him about it." Yeah, he's actually noticing that Farah is. Underweight, yeah, and that her powers are coming out. He sees it, but he is not willing to stand up against Tamlin, and he's like, "Well, we needed to prov- we needed to show like a united front," and it's like, "But at what cost? Yeah. Like at what cost did you did you this quote united front? It, but what if the united front sucks? Right? Yeah, yeah, and there's so many pals out there like that, but just men thinking or people. Women do it too. Yeah, where we think it's funny to, you know. And I did like the exploration of Rusand's, um like sexual trauma. Yeah, the fact that he was traumatized by his rela- not relationship, but his slavery to Amarantha. Yeah, and does that not come up in? No, okay, never mind. That's the third book. Never mind. There's others. There's you'll, there's a few more characters. That are, like, that men who have yeah. been traumatized by women. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad because a lot of times um, male rape is framed as comedic. And it's not. It's not. Like, Wedding Crashers is a good one. In yeah. In the movie Wedding Crashers, there's yeah. that girl that likes, I forget what Isla his name Isla Fisher. Yeah. Is, yeah. And she, like, she And rapes they him. end up together. She ties him to the bed. And it's like a oh, well, good for you that that girl liked you so much that she forced you to have sex with her. Right. Instead of it being like, well, no, that was rape. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so we, we. And it's just as, yeah, it just as traumatizing for men. And it changes yeah. men's entire trajectory. Right. And, and their I, view on women. And I do like that he, we kept it. Yeah. It wasn't just like, well, that's done. I don't have to worry. And she, Feyre actually worries about it, which I wish she had communicated to Resan where she's like, I don't know if he's ready to have a relationship with me because of what he just went through. Right. I don't know if he's ready to have a physical 50 relationship. years. 50 years. As, yeah. Is in sex servitude. In se- yeah. Slavery. Yeah. Um, so I think we kind of wrapped up. Yeah. What do you think about this book? Did you enjoy it? I did. This one was harder to read than the okay. first one. The first one's a little fluffier. Sure. Um, we don't get to the heavy stuff until you're already hooked because you get the whole romance. You get the romance drama at the beginning. You get kind of the fluffy romance mm. tropes. And then when she leaves and comes back, you're in it. Yeah. But you're already so in it, you, you go through it. Yeah. But then when we start this one, We start immediately in it. We already start in trauma land. And then we go from trauma land to like recovery land back to trauma land. (laughs) Yeah. And we meet other people's trauma and everybody, you know, everybody, all the characters in this, she does a good job of, you know, all of her characters in these romanticies having like real baggage. Yeah like actual baggage. Yeah, and nobody's like, well, actually my parents are still together and Yeah. They were faded, but they love each other too and I don't know, I just I'm fine, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're all good. They're so, all like, "Yeah, okay, so how many times did your parents beat you?" Oh, yeah. like a bunch. Oh, your brother's oh, burned you you? you? you had parents? You lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't even have those. His parents <laughs> murdered my parents and my parents murdered yeah. Yeah. That's that's another thing too. Like, can you imagine Living so long that, like Tamlin's dad murdered Rasanne's mom and sister. Yeah, that was. Let's we can head back to what you said last week about Rosan showing up at brunch. Yeah, and him being like, "Oh, you need to figure out this." I think Rosan was just trying to make him feel like a piece of shit. That too. Yeah, yeah. I think Although they're both. I think there's a little bit, say, a lot, like, a little bit of both. He does say, "I, I yeah. was there, kind of to like." push him along push him along yeah um but also i hated i hate him i hate him yeah yeah justifiably hate him right he killed my mother and my sister whom i loved right yeah and Rassand's complete and and but also recognizing how that made Rassand who he is yeah him really honor and protect the people he loves him standing up for his friends yeah. His family, like making sure that no one knows about them. That's wild. Yeah. That's really that's a lot. saying yeah. He's a good boy. He has a good job. He used his powers for good. Yeah. So what do you think going into the third? What do you expect to happen? What are you thinking? What do you think our rifles are? I'm hoping we're gonna get a lot of empowered Fayra doing badass bitch shit. That's my hope. Because we have a High-powered Feyra, who just spent an entire book. Does she do the wolves and eagles water yeah. trick in this one? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. A, uh, that's yeah, we cool. get we get like a just look at a taste, just a taste, look at a little taste, get a little taste right at the end there of like, oh, oh this going to be good. Yeah, yeah, she's going to kick some ass. So that's what I that's what I'm hoping because we just had like a she healed. That's fine. We needed a healing book. If she hadn't healed from it, her. Uh, general emotional abilities would have been suspect. Because it's like, are you psychopathic? Can you literally kill people? And then just be like, well, uh, you know, that was for the greater good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's good. Good. we needed a healing book. This was our healing book for kind of everybody. And so, except for Tamlin. Oh, fuck Tamlin. So we move on, hopefully. And she does her cool spy stuff. Yeah. And we hopefully will stand against Highburn. Of course we're going to, because we have to. So, I'm expecting we won't win it in the next one, but at least we'll make some progress. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm probably developing some other relationships since we had the very ill timed Lucian telling. Oh way. my God. I hate that for him. Well, and I think this is such. He's like, You're my mate. You couldn't keep that in your pants. Right now, in front of the bad guy and everybody, you couldn't just hold on to that knowledge for five seconds. Well, and seconds? it's such a, but it's such a just a juxtaposition from what did. Yes. Right. So what happens? I think, you know, I think what happens with Lucien telling Elaine like that's an example of what not to do. Yeah. Where he's like, "Hey, I realize you just went through this really traumatic thing where you thought you were going to die and you got dipped in this magical, but cauldron, all of a sudden we have immortal. this bond together. But by the way, we're destined to." To be together forever. Right. So this whole part where I'm kind of the bad guy, that's like, that's not my thing. Okay. Like this is bad optics right now. Okay. Yeah. But like, pfft, whatever. Like seriously, that, that bothered me where he was like, you're my mate. Yeah. Lucian. I know. It sucks. Hold it together, man. Hold. Yeah. You gotta do, you gotta get out of there. Well, this is the spring court being young and impetuous and impulsive. Right. Whereas Aries. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all those spring birthdays, Aries, Taurus, yeah, too much of that. I feel like I'm going to need to brush up on astronomy. It's fine, I'll I'll, I'll, walk you through it. I'll walk you through it. (laughs) Because I'm like, I think I know my star sign. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. When's your birthday? Uh, December 7th. Oh, wait. that's in four days it is in four days holy cow okay i'm glad i asked let me put it on my calendar so i can remember to text you (laughs) thanks what are you gonna do for your birthday probably nothing what oh what's our time at right now yeah but we've divulged it's it's two hours that's not too bad no you can just listen to it at um (laughs) 2.5 i was listening to the book's on all all the different speeds today. And I was like, I wonder if one of the reasons, like one of the things that makes you good at this is that people can understand you at three. (laughs) (laughs) How low does your voice have to be to be understood at three? I never do. I always listen to it at one. I can't do one. I I like 1.2 if it's important. If I'm moving through it, 1.6. I think it has something to do with ADHD. Yeah, you gotta keep it moving. It's, it's gotta be stimulating. Yeah. And if it's too slow, I'll have to keep going back and listen and listen back because I'll have missed something. Yeah. So it also depends on what I'm doing. If I'm like doing dishes while I'm listening, I need it to move a little bit quicker. That's really interesting. And if and it it's depends on the cadence of the speaker. It also yeah, and what's happening. So some of the, like the romantic scenes or the spicy scenes, I will slow it down a little bit just so oh, it takes longer. Just you. kidding. Um <laughs> like it's slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so um <laughs> You're all right that okay good night that yeah, was great you can find us on our instagram at the strange and beautiful book club or on patreon at strange and beautiful book club i encourage you to find us on both is it hot in here or is it just me tuning chatting about fantasy novels of the spicy variety not your average book club if you know what i mean are you happy to see us or is that a dagger it's feast she shatter it's feast she shatter you are listening to a strange and beautiful network podcast to stay updated on the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes peaks, and exclusive content from all our shows. You can also find additional ways to support this show on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash strangeandbeautifulnetwork. By becoming a patron, you'll gain access to bonus episodes, early releases, our Discord channel, and other exciting perks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.